But it's also possible for you to have the strength and not put it on. Because you are unaware that you have the strength. Zion represents the church. That's talking to you directly. And God saying, put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garment. The garment of righteousness. That's what God's given to you. It's like the coat of many colors, means, meaning you are highly favored of God. You have nothing to fear in this world because God lives in you, Jesus lives in you, and Jesus is in the Father. You are one with him. That's what Jesus said. I and the Father, I and the Father, you in me and I in you. We're one. We're one with the Father. No devil is going to oppress Jesus. But my people perish for lack of knowledge. And Colossians 2.15 tells us, Haven't uh, disarmed, haven't disarmed, I wanted to use the word spoiled, because that's the way I memorized it from old King James, you know. <laughs> Sometimes those things come back. <laughs> but he says, haven't disarmed principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly. As public spectacle. He disarmed Satan, meaning Satan has no armor with which to fight. You don't have to be afraid of him. He can roar, but he's got no teeth in his mouth. He can't claw you. He doesn't have any armor. And so if you stand your ground, that's why the Bible says resist the devil. And what does he do? He flees from you. In other words, he knows you have discovered through the word of God that he has nothing to fight with. And now you're coming after him and he's going to die. So he's, he, he flees from you. So you can walk out on him. And there are seven things I want to discuss. You know, <laughs> you got to make it seven, you know, <laughs> otherwise it won't be a real preacher. Seven things I want to talk about. We started, first one is use your faith. Use your faith. God has given you faith. Faith is the victory. Faith is our victory. So use your faith. Secondly, we said, know the word of God. Know the word of God. Satan knows the word, but Satan does not understand the word of God. He knows what the scripture says, but he doesn't know how it applies to us as human beings. When he finally discovers how it applies to us, it's too late. That's why Corinthians tells us there, in the scriptures that if the princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified the prince of life. Jesus spoke openly about his death. The devil didn't understand what was going to happen to him if Jesus died. He kept you know, inciting people to kill him. He made enemies against Jesus and he actually killed him. It was after Jesus was buried that he realized, oh my God, he said... I know Satan won't say, oh my God, but that's just me. <laughs> he has no God. <laughs> He's godless. <laughs> Meaning helpless. But then he discovered, what do I do now? This, he said he's going to rise. It was too late. It was too late. He got all the soldiers to surround his tomb, but it was too late. He didn't know that was going to be his undoing. If he knew, he wouldn't have tried it. He would have prevented everyone and anyone from killing him. 
But he made them to condemn him and they were shouting, crucify him. But actually he was crucifying himself. He just didn't know it. He knows the scriptures, but he doesn't understand it. That's why Jesus said to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. The word of God is the highest mystery in the universe. So when God gives you revelation of God's word, it means you are different from the rest of them. That's what it means. He says to the, those that are outside, then Satan is certainly outside. It comes up, it comes into them as parables. They don't understand it. And so Satan doesn't understand it. He's attacking you, thinking he's going to destroy you. But when you understand the word of God and you stand your ground, your understanding becomes his undoing. It destroys him, paralyzes him. And that's what we really need to know. The Bible tells us, I believe in Second Corinthians, uh, First Corinthians chapter 2, beginning from verse 9, I had not seen, he here has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for, for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The devil's ear hasn't heard everything that God has prepared for you. He doesn't know them. The only way anyone can know those things is through the Holy Spirit. And you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Satan cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he doesn't understand God's word. Paul said we speak these things by revelation as a mystery. So Satan doesn't understand the mystery. He's in the dark and the, light, the word of God is light. The light shines in darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it. It's just they cannot understand it. But the light drives away the darkness. That's just the truth of the word of God. Third thing is wrap your hands around the word of God. Embrace God's word. No matter what, embrace God's word. If you embrace God's word, that's light to you. That's life to you. But circumstances will come your way that will want to make you release your hands from the word of God. No matter what, wrap your hands around God's word and refuse to let. Don't cling to the word. Don't let it go away from you. Don't matter what's happening to you. Today I was sharing with Pastor Aaron about our son, uh, Toju. When Toju was born... I mean, he had bilirubin in his body, so the, the level was so high. I'm sure they thought the doctors thought it would fry his brain. And it was for many days, not a few days. His eyes just, just really yellow. For days, I don't know, several weeks or so. And so they called us from Austin, telling us, prepare for your, your son is going to be mentally retarded and they were telling us, even his doctor was telling us how to get on the internet and look for support groups to help you manage this your retarded kid. I told them that that's not my son. I dealt with that years ago, 1985. God's not going to give me, he says, blessed shall be the fruit of your womb. So when you hear the word of God and you have light, come up with a conclusion. To fight with. 
So I came up with a conclusion when I read that scriptures. If you talk to mama, she can, she will remind you because I was in a Sunday school class teaching when teaching when that thing came up. And I told them, I said, I don't believe I can have any child that's handicapped or die young. It's just not going to happen. And he said, good luck, you are taking this thing too far. Somebody said that in the class. I said, yeah, I'm going to take it that far. And then here was my son born. And I'd already made up my mind. I got the light of God and I made up my mind. I came up with a conclusion. That can never happen to me. And so when they were calling me from Austin and saying, prepare, we got records, your son is going to be mentally retarded. I said, not me, my brother-in-law is very smart, in an orthologist. And he had his words, and his wife was telling me one time, a dentist, telling me, my husband said this, my husband said this, my husband said this is what's going to happen. I told her, look, uh, none of those things you're saying is going to happen in this house. She said, you th- you're saying my husband doesn't know what she's saying, what he's saying? No, I know your husband is smart. But this is different. Amen. It's not going to happen to me. Angela stood the ground with me. She threw the medicine away. That the doctor said, we keep loading him. We threw everything away. <laughs> I think he was telling me the other day, uh, they have over 700 students in his class. He's maybe number 12 when it comes to how smart. We don't listen to what you draw a conclusion based on the light that God has given to you. And refuse to let go. Cling to the word of God. No matter what they're saying to you. Cling to God's word. And refuse to listen. Regardless of what you see with your own eyes. You cling to God's word. Jesus said. You may not understand it. The words that I'm speaking to you. They are spirit and they are life. So cling to that word. Embrace the word against what you see in the natural. You know, I don't know what's happening to us. Last time I did, I shared about a, girl, a lady that had a, a disease, incurable disease. They can't find it in her body. This is impossible scientifically. In Africa, in other parts of the world, God's changing DNAs. People that were born with genetic disease, meaning there is no cure for it. They get prayed for by their pastor because they say, well, God can change my day. Pray for him. Pray for me. They refuse to listen to what the world is saying. They refuse to listen to what science is saying. They refuse to listen to what their body is saying and what came through their, their genes. And then they go test them and the DNA is changed. Because he's no longer there. And now the place is replete with people, so many people that God is healed. He's not a big deal for them anymore. Embrace God's word and walk out on the devil. No matter what he's telling you, you stay with God's word. Because God cannot lie. It's impossible for God to lie. Your circumstance, even though it's real, is the, is the fact in the natural. But the truth of God's word, that's where you stand. And that's what God will confirm. So embrace God's word and refuse to let go. Let me show you what it is, what God does. This is an interesting scripture in Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. God says, and I, put, I, I got this, you know, just to be very specific to get it us to understand in a new century version. 
It says, you have obeyed my teaching, that's my word, about not giving up your faith. Not letting go of God's word. So I will keep you from the time of trouble that will come to the whole world to test those who live on the earth. Are you living on the earth? Yeah, well, but when you stay with God's word, he keeps you from the troubles. That's what he's saying. He's coming to the earth to test everybody on the earth. But when you stay with God's word and you refuse to give up your faith, you wrap your hands around God's word and say, I don't care what's happening. I'm going to stay with God's word. I don't care what's happening to them. And then then what, what people tell you, they tell you, you know, what you're going through, what makes you think you're special. We know this deacon though, so and so and pastor so and so who is way up there was a holy man. And this happened to him where he's not God. He is not bigger than God's word. How dare you use a man's experience and put it in line alongside God's word and say, well, if it didn't happen to holy brother so and so, then the word of God cannot, may not be true. That's an insult. Amen. Don't put me and put me in, in, in with God's work in this, on the same plane. This book is holy. And just because brother, holy brother so and so didn't experience it, don't mean God didn't mean what he said. Let God be true and every man a liar. That's what the word says. Let God be true and every man a liar. Stay with God's word. The word will carry you. And God is pleased whenever he sees a man or a woman staying with his word, Against what they see in the natural. That's what happened with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They saw the fire. They felt the heat. But they said, we don't care. Our God is still able to save us from that fire. And we're not going to listen to you. And God showed up. God showed up. We must wrap our hands around God's word. He says, I will keep you from the trouble that's coming to the earth. To test the people that live on the earth. I'll keep you from those troubles. If you, if you stay with my word and refuse to let go of your faith because of what you're seeing with your own eyes and what you hear with your ears, God says, I'm going to keep you. And he cannot lie. That's how you walk out on the devil. He says, oh, it's you. You started again. Troublemaker. We know how to handle you now. Amen. We know how to handle you. We know we have discovered you have no teeth in your mouth. You can't bite. Get out of here. <laughs> you know, I was, I was uh, actually uh, listening to a story about Smith Wigglesworth. This guy was standing by a bus stop in England. And uh, just waiting for the bus. And there was a woman on the other side of the road. She came out of her yard. Sometimes they have their, their homes fenced. You saw those. Their homes fenced. And they usually would call their home some kind of villa. And she came out. And uh, this little dog kept following her. You know, little dog. You call. And she said, oh, darling, go back home. Can I get? And the dog would go back, you know, when she turns around, the dog turns around, and then she's, the dog starts going back home. But when she turns to go to the bus stop, 
the dog turns around and kept following. And she, they were going back and forth. And Smith Wigglesworth was just watching. This is, this, is, this is really funny here. And finally, out of frustration, the lady said, Get! And the dog took off, ran into the yard, and never came back. And Smith, smiled, Smith Wigglesworth smiled. He says, That's what to do to the devil. He got to say, Get! I said, Please, devil, leave me. Oh, he likes you to say that. He knows he's got you now. He's got you now. So you don't do that. No pleading with him. Say, oh, it's you. I don't want you here. And you know it. So get out of here. And he'll listen. Amen. So wrap your arms around it. Fourth, number four. You have the power to walk out. You really do. God's giving you all the power to walk out. You can walk out on him. Jesus said, all authority, not some, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on the earth. There is no other authority left. All was given to Jesus. And Jesus said, now you go because I'm with you. And he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Every time you move, because Jesus lives in you, you walk with authority. And the devils understand it. If you don't know it, they will harass you. But they know it. They know it. Many times in, in, in 1980 something, when God started teaching me stuff, I can walk into, I, I remember walking into, I was in a church preaching, and I walked just by a girl. Just walked by. She started manifesting demons. I had another girl who was demonized. She says, I can tell the Christians. Basically, she was letting me know that one is different. That one is different. It was talk, she was talking about everyone that was born again, even those that were newly born again. She knew them, recognized them. The devil recognized them. And it's not about me. I mean, this, believe me, I'm just telling you the power that we have, if you know it. Pastor Paul will tell you, there was a lady, where she was, she, he was walking with, casting out a de- uh, demon out of, and she, I, I don't think that lady realized that uh, Pastor Paul knew me. And in those days, before the art fellowship, I traveled to Nigeria and had a lot of meetings. And uh, she, Paul was telling me that, she said, Did you know, do you know that man that comes from America? And Paul was interested because Paul knew he said, yeah, well, what about him? He says, we have realized these were people, witches. She said, we have rea- we've, we've realized that we don't go near that man. Every time he comes around, there's always a fire around wherever he is. So we know not to go near there. It makes me feel good. It's not a big deal that a demon person is saying that. Every one of you has that with you. We all have that. And so when they're telling me they are planning, they will say, I just, there's nothing to be concerned about. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Why should I be concerned about it? Why should I even pray about it? I get better things to pray for than to be praying for demons that have no teeth in their mouth. For protection, why should I pray about that? I got my brother that I need to pray for. 
I'm not going to be praying about any demon for protection. I already have protection. Jesus is already around me and angels all around me. I have the authority to walk out in him any day. In Numbers chapter 23, verse 23, the Bible makes it very clear there. It said, there is no sorcery against Jacob. No witchery, if you would put it as an English word, and no witchcraft against a child of God. There's nothing that they can do. No divination against Israel. Divination, no forecast, no prophecy. You told me a prophecy, you're going to die tomorrow. I'll tell you tomorrow, I'm coming out to shake your hands. I'm not dying. I don't listen to what doctors have to say. I do listen sometimes. My wife is one. (laughs) But no doctor can predict when I'm going to die. Can I hear an amen? There is no divination. No forecast. That's what that word means. No forecast. No prediction. No prophecy. Against a child of God. Amen. There's nothing like that. God says in Psalm, Psalm 91, I will satisfy you with long life. Until I'm satisfied with life, nothing is able to take. That's what I'm talking about. You hear the light of the word of God and you come up with some kind of conclusion about life. And God honors it. When Jesus says, I'm the bread of life, that says, I'm never going to be hungry. Unless I don't want to eat, some of us are fasting. Fasting, that's what Pastor Hal always says, I'm fasting. (laughs) But he's the bread of life. I've got the bread of life. If I have the bread of life, how can I go hungry? It's impossible. I won't go hungry spiritually. I cannot go hungry physically. I can't have any kind of hunger. He is the one that quenches our thirst. Amen. And satisfies our mouths with good things. That's what the scripture says. It satisfies our mouths with good things. Many times we are calculating too much with our head. We're so worried, so concerned. We're calculating. I just want to depend on him. That's all I want to do. Call it what you want to call it. It's better for me to have my peace in him. And I know he won't fail me. Because he's not a liar. He speaks the truth. Amen. There is no divination. There's no sorcery against the child of God. No witchcraft. None of that stuff. That's why in my early days, I was willing to sit with the greatest witch doctor in the world. They can't do anything to a child of God. Unless you are afraid. If you look at them like I told that fellow, that witch doctor. I told him, you got more problems than I have, even as a young man. He, he didn't answer me back, so I knew he, he knew he had more problems. Because he was walking with the devil. You can't walk with the devil and think you have life. I knew he got a lot of problems in his life. I was telling him his own life, you know, because you know God. Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 10, he says, Behold, I give you 
the authority. To say with me, I have the authority. Say it like you mean it. Jesus said, I give you. Not going to, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Do you believe that he gave that to you when you became a believer? Was he just talking to those with him? Is the scripture speaking to us? Those who believe, Jesus said, I give you the authority to trample on serpents. We're not talking about snakes, natural snakes. We're talking about demons. Yeah, and, and spiritual forces in the world, serpents and scorpions, and over some, no, all the powers of the enemy. All of them. All the powers of the enemy. And then he added, and nothing shall by any means. When you hear the word any means, that means any means. <laughs> Good English. I'm telling you, there's no way they can get to you. That's what it means. There's no way they can hurt you. And Jesus meant what he said. You can actually walk out on him. He says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing. I don't care what it is. Sickness, disease, whatever it is. Nothing shall by any means. If it's coming from the enemy, it won't hurt you. That's what he's saying. There is no way it will. If you can only believe, all things are possible to those who believe. So you can walk out on him. And then we read that scripture. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. First John 4 is 4. There's nothing that's going to hurt you. Nothing. Number five. Exert your divine authority. Exert it. You know what to do? Look at the scriptures and collect everything that you can find from the book of records, the Bible. Everything that it says about you, collect them from the scriptures. And begin to walk with them. The Bible is the book that shows you the way to where you're going. And in life, Jesus made it clear. I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. That's where you're going. Collect every scripture. From the book of record that no one can deny. No one, no one. And begin to work with them. You know, what's happening in the world today, people are running from place to place. They're wanting somebody to prophesy to them. <laughs> prophesy to me. And, and sometimes the prophecy <laughs> gets them to be even be more afraid. I don't know if believers really know what prophecy is for. And so they're running for prophecy. They just want something. And then a few days later, things turn around and they've forgotten the prophecy. They're looking for next prophecy. 
Prophecy in the word of God is for battle. It's for battle. You fight with prophecy. You remind God about the prophecy. Collect, especially from the book. Especially from this book. This is forever settled. The word of God is settled in heaven. Forever settled. This is the sure prophecy from God concerning your life. Paul says, even the prophecies that were given to you by men, use those for your battle to win. You can find that in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 18. Paul says, I give you charge. In other words, I charge you. He says, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy. According to the prophecies previously made concerning you. Have you found prophecies made concerning you? From the book of life, from the book of record. God is giving you charge today. You are all Paul's sons and daughters in the Lord. And Paul is giving you charge today according to the prophecies that have been written beforehand concerning you. It says in the scriptures that by them, by what, by those prophecies, you may wage, notice what it calls it, the good warfare. There's a bad warfare and there is a good warfare. The good warfare, you always win. Amen. You always win. Use those prophecies that you collect from the book of record. So if God says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's from the book of record. It's a prophecy. So when want begins to appear, you go back to the book of record and you make the good warfare. You go on for the good warfare. And so your life is in God's hand. And let God teach you and take you on. Now, the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. They are mighty through God. There is only one weapon that you have. How many want to know what that weapon is? <laughs> Just one weapon you have. Just one weapon. One. Your mouth. That's it. Your mouth. You are not going to box with Satan, are you? <laughs> you are going to do this with Satan? If you do that, he'll laugh at you. Your mouth. That's all the weapon you got. And wisdom from the word of God. That's all you got. Jesus puts it in Luke, this way. Luke chapter 21, verse 15. He says, for I will, he gave you authority, but I, for I will give you, what? A mouth. As if you didn't already have a mouth. This is a different kind of mouth. You were born with a mouth. But Jesus said, I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. What comes out of your mouth 
It's what resists the devil, he'll flee from you. They cannot handle what's coming out of your mouth. So watch what you say. You want to walk out on Satan? Watch your mouth, what you're saying. This is the real world. That's the only weapon you got. I know if, if a lot of people, when they're in trouble, they go get their Bible and they put their Bible under their bed. You're wasting your time. Satan doesn't care. He's going to beat you all up with the Bible under your bed. That's just the book. Mm. All these movies where you see them with the Bible, <laughs> that's just Hollywood. It doesn't work in real life. I'm telling you, it doesn't work in real life. Until it comes out of your mouth, you're not going anywhere. But that's what Jesus is saying. I have given you, I give you a mouth and wisdom. Wisdom, that's the word of God. And when you open your mouth out of the book of wisdom, the prophecies that you've gotten, they cannot resist it. They cannot resist it. There is no force on earth that will stand in the way of God's word, wisdom coming from your mouth. When you have discovered those promises, prophecies about your life. With long life, I will satisfy you. I'm not going to die by some kind of plane crash. I made up my mind. You look at the word of God and you decide, uh, I don't like that way. Amen. And God... Whatever he says, whatever you commit to him, he's able to keep until that day. You know, what's strange in the church is people say, well, he talks like, you know, he's got everything. I mean, we want to hear like he's got some weakness. What would you want to do with weakness? I hear those type of things. You know, show us you got some weakness. Well, when you show you have weakness, guess what's coming out of your mouth? Weakness. And guess what is going to happen to you? You get weak. And but God says, let the weak say, is, there's no contradiction to that. Christians want all the weak stuff and we're telling them it's like constant struggle and all of that. They like to hear that stuff because it's, it's normal. It makes your flesh feel good. But that's not what the word says. Sounds good. But that's not what the word says, and you are not being strengthened. You are going in a circle, constantly hearing, but never getting to a place where there is real boldness and all of that in God. It's, it's not happening. So we want to hear some things about weak. We want to be able to relate. Well, I don't want to relate to anything but this book. This is the book I want to relate to. The, the disciples prayed for, for boldness. So that they can stand and act on the things that they know. Instead of leaning on the arm of flesh. That's where we need to go. Amen. I got to continue on this next time. We have some more scriptures to look at. uh, With regard to your mouth. And what God says about the mouth. That's the only. Let me let it very clear tonight. That's the only weapon you got. You know Saul. King Saul turned the sword on himself. Remember that? If you read in Revelation, where was the sword coming out from the mouth of Jesus? Right? Was it not from his mouth? The sword? Your mouth. 
That's your offensive weapon. You got nothing else. If you don't use it right, you destroy your own self. And I'm going to share it with you. Next week, I'll show you scripture to that effect. If you don't use your tongue right, you'll destroy yourself. It's as if God's fighting you. But you cursed it with your own mouth. With your own mouth. Some things that we say, you know, I like to be corrected. Some things that we say don't make sense at all. Some of the things we say don't make sense. It's says like we are kidding. God says that's not a joke. Every idle word that proceeds from a man's mouth, God says you're going to give account of it on the day of judgment because your words were not idle. You were not just plain. There are some things which we, the, the redeemed should not say. Even though you recognize it, but you shouldn't say it. Amen? The things are very important. Stand up with me tonight. I want to share some things with you. A lot of things are happening. I got uh, a testimony from, uh, from Calvert. Uh, Stacy, you got that? Uh, good. We got a five-year-old kid in Calvert that's been filled with the Holy Spirit. And he prays in tongues. <laughs> I just heard that. Who recorded that? Come up here, please. Who recorded that? I heard that on Sunday and I got really excited. God's doing something. This is going to be a great year. Can I hear an amen? amen. This is going to be an unusual year for, for our church. Because God's going to be doing unusual things. Listen to this kid. He's five. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a five-year-old kid. And uh, I just believe that God's doing something great. Uh, the television program in Nigeria, we had, uh, I was told, five people called in, and they want to know what church we are associated with over there so they can go to church. So God is already doing the work there. God's spreading us out. We're not afraid to take risk. We just keep going. And God's going to do a marvelous thing in Calvert this year. I, I can't wait for what's going to happen. From the, uh, towards the end of last year, God started turning things around. And that's the way God is. He's going to test you if you're going to quit. But I know Pastor Roy, I knew he's not, he's not a quitter. <laughs> that man doesn't have that in his bones. <laughs> I knew that from, so I've never even doubt, and I'm, for me, I don't get, I don't like to get discouraged at all. I'm not that kind of person. I encourage myself immediately. And I told, we said it from beginning, Calvert will bend his knee. Amen? We're not quitting. And so, uh, great things are gonna happen. Amen. We don't get discouraged. And that's one of the things we're gonna be sharing next week on this same message. Don't ever entertain discouragement. That's of the devil. Be strong and be of good courage, no matter what's going on. 
God's with you. Amen. Let's lift our hands up tonight and rejoice. Please rejoice over the power that God has given you over the devil. He's something to rejoice about. Rejoice and say, God, I thank you. I've got power over Satan. I've got power over all the powers of the enemy. I am free. Free indeed. I got nothing to worry about. God's going to take care of me. God's going to take care of my children. God's going to take care of my finances. God's going to help me pay my bills. I have nothing to be afraid of. I know what's happening in my life. I can see it in the natural, but I have God with me and I've got nothing to be concerned about. The Bible says, take no thought. Don't be anxious for anything. God's able to take care of you. Throw away your care this this night. Put your care on the Lord Jesus. Let him take care of your care. And then you walk free, not concerned about anything. Because your father in heaven is walking on your behalf. And he's going to take care of you. You are that precious to him. You are so precious to him. He gave his son so he can have you. No matter what you've done, God loves you. He's happy you are back in the fold. He's happy you are back in the family. No matter what's happened in the past, that's behind you. We got a great future for your life. God has one for you and you got nothing to be worried about. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. you. And he'll take care of you. He will take care of you. He will take care of you. Those mistakes that you have made, God special, specializes in turning what the enemy meant for evil. He turns it for good for those that love him. All things work together for good for those who love God. And that's your portion forever in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? amen. God bless you. Shake the hands of one or two, three uh, individuals. Tell them you're glad. They have authority over Satan.